Did you ever play Redraft, or is it just started with yeah, you st- stayed there? I started with Redraft just like everyone else, and then like I had a buddy that was like, "Hey, man, you actually know ball a little bit, you know." And then he gave me my first bump of Dynasty, and then it's like I don't even care about <laughs> Redraft anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Describe it as drugs. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, and is it Jagger or Jager or Jaeger? Could be that. Uh, just like Mick, it's Jagger. So, all right. Uh, okay. Well, welcome to the crossroads. Um, how do you play Dynasty or Fantasy in general? Like, what? How, how do you play this thing? Um, I guess to to talk in in like Fantasy Twitter terms, a lot of people would call me a film bro. But uh, oh, really? I do. Yeah, I do listen to, to analytics and I've employed that a lot more. Um, and I, I basically try to uh, make sure the film and and the uh, and the numbers tell the same story. And if not, there's at least some context as to why they don't. And then um, and I guess if you want to get in the nitty gritty into roster building, I'm 100 percent a hero to zero RB guy. So like 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 if, if you have like your fantasy pronouns, it'd be like Jagger. <laughs> Film bro, <laughs> film bro, ZRRB. <laughs> it's almost that point. We're so divided. It's like you got to have a list of this is what I do. Okay, this is the team that I'm on. No, um, I like that. Uh, there's, I think there's less film based content creators uh, than we like to space, especially in Dynasty. We're all we're all spreadsheet mm-hmm. nerds or coding nerds, so it's cool to see. Um, is that just because you've always watched football, so you know what looks good and you approach it that way first, or and not that you don't know play analytics? Um, I started from playing football, and uh, and then and I genuinely wanted to be a scout, so I got into that. Oh, and I, wow. I became like I became like a draft nick, and then um gave up that dream like most of us do. And then once I got pulled into fantasy, I'm like, hey, I have these skills that I have not used awesome. whatsoever. And um no, you and yeah, and I've tried to even improve now, you know, like like I'm like I back then I didn't even know why I even considered myself. I was just like a well educated casual, you know, <laughs> during then. But like you especially all are, like really, this, when you get down to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like now I'm a I'm a super well educated casual. <laughs> No, you came in with actual, actual legit skills. Though you played football and you tried at least scouting a little bit, so it makes sense mm. that you would lean that way. Um, so how do you apply that to dynasty? Obviously, you watch the tape, so you know immediately who's good and who's bad, and you just do that. Like uh, I'm gonna like CD Lamb's bad, so I'm just gonna trade for the other guy. Or uh, is there more to it when it comes to actually playing in your dynasty league? Um, I guess. Um... I, I I build from the draft. Um, I, I just like anybody, I may make a trade or something like that. But uh, let's say like you're Jordan McNamaris. Like if, if you, you, when we talk about fantasy pronouns, I'm the opposite of Jordan McNamara in every way. Not 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 disparaging him as an analyst or anything else, but I intentionally listen to him because he has such a different approach. And I you always need to check yourself, but like he would cry looking at some of the moves I'd do. Like I'll do some, some dirty slutty things for draft picks because in at least most of my leagues, like, like I got some hardcore leads with guys who know their shit, you know, but in like a lot of my other leagues, I, 
draft picks are better in my hand than other people's hand. So I, that, that's what I, I try to do. And, um, and I guess that's where I, I try to get my advantage is, is getting young players uh, when I can get them and then um, capitalizing like that. So um, no, that literally seems like you're trying to out, not scout, but out or out draft. You're trying to get players at a higher rate than you think someone else would do. And therefore draft picks have more value to you a little bit or a little more, more preference. Cause you think you're going to do well with them. Yes. All right. So um I can't, I mean, I could ask you about that process, but I'm not going to listen or understand it. Like you can talk about hips level all you like. I'm not going to be able to apply that. Is there something you think um, that you could, something we overlook or most commonly you find people making the mistake of when trying to evaluate players that we might be able to use? Because uh, again, hips level isn't uh, like, I, I, I know about any of that. Um, but do you find players underrate conferences or, uh, too high on draft capital or something that you find consistently gives you an edge that we might be able to use all the time. Um, like I, just because I'm, I, I lean towards film doesn't mean I don't understand data. I'm just like, I'm lazy and there's only <laughs> so many, there's only so many uh, hours in the day. So I'm actually wanting to quantify what, like the discrepancies I see on film for, uh, I guess, like for everyone else, if that makes sense. Like, like you said, like, you're not going to understand some of my, my, my uh, scouting notes, but you, you're one who can understand numbers. So you brought up a key point, like conferences, like, like, I don't think we wait for conferences enough or like a polarizing player all off season, you know, with like one of my buddies, Chris, who's a, like a total, like like his his uh his spreadsheet is his bible and that's what he sticks with and i'm not gonna lie he has good hit rates so i don't blame him for being like that but like zay flowers for instance is what player that we argued with where i said zay flowers is an incredible talent he just has the worst quarterback i've ever watched and i'm and sometimes i think we we look at players in a vacuum too much with data and I, I understand how difficult it is to like build an algorithm that kind of tells the whole picture where it weighs their quarterback. It weighs the conference that they're in and skill set. because um, I like when it comes to a production standpoint, I value SCC production above all for a multitude of reasons, you know, like that's where most of the top tier talent comes from. That's where a lot of the NFL talent comes from. And then if you want to use like a thousand cliches from football, like iron sharpens iron, you know, that's kind of where, where that comes into, comes into play. So, you know, that, that's definitely where in scouting, I think it's overlooked because uh, I tell everyone that college production, like, college numbers are, are liars for the most part. Like, uh, like no, no matter how good the data guys are, they, they'll show me something. I'm like, there's like a thousand reasons why that number is the way it is. Shout out to Jalen Hyatt. But, uh, <laughs> and can you give me an example of someone that worked for, because obviously the 2023 names that you're throwing out, like we don't know if you're right or wrong mm. on say flowers or Jalen Hyatt. Obviously, you know, you know, you're right. You, you've never been wrong. So that's cool. Mm. But can you like give us some examples <laughs> where we can look at and go, oh, look at that. Definitely, definitely true then. Uh, people really liked uh, um, Garrett Wilson already, but I, mm-hmm. I, I will even blame myself that on this. I will blame myself. I knew just how good Garrett Wilson was. Everyone knew that Garrett Wilson was good, but I just knew that Garrett Wilson probably should have been the class wide receiver one. But I hated Zach Wilson, so I will admit I'll give you I'll give you two two examples where I'm both right and wrong. Like deep down in my heart, I knew that Garrett Wilson is a value, even where you got him at. 
you know, getting mm-hmm. him anywhere after uh, like the, the, the third pick is a value in my opinion. Um, like the, that's the, the nearest example. And then another, uh, I guess to give you another perspective of where I had to improve my scouting with numbers is someone like Michael Carter, because I was right about Michael Carter and then I was, um, wrong about michael carter if that makes sense because the nfl is a tough place yeah yeah (laughs) um (laughs) garrett wilson was really high drafted though in the nfl and in rookie drafts Mm. so really you're saying he was underdrafted because you didn't like Traylon burks as much basically no i was actually incredibly high on Traylon burks like like I, i saw most people have garrett wilson almost as their wide receiver four during that time and i know that doesn't seem like a lot but just to how talented he is, it's like Justin Jefferson all over again. And that's why I was going to backtrack on um, about Justin Jefferson. I was high on him and I know that does, that barely counts as well. So I'll give you another deep cut is Van Jefferson, which he hasn't quite broke out yet, but someone who I think has really good utility and is an example of someone who didn't produce in college, but is viable in the NFL. And there's, there's meat on the bone. I still think we haven't seen a full season. We haven't seen him with a healthy Stafford. Um, and that's hard to count as like a real breakout, but I definitely think that he's better than most people would have thought because he was a second round pick that didn't do much. And then Tutu Atwell comes in and then everyone's like, well, Tutu Atwell's a stud. I'm like, no, Van Jefferson's still very good, you know, for various film reasons. And then, um, uh, I'll stop there on that. Cause running backs, I barely like to. I don't know, man. Running back, I feel like is an easy position to scout. So I like I hate taking credit on on any running back because, like to me, it's just like, is this guy in a good situation that he can probably produce fantasy wise? Like James Conner is an example of that. You know, where I don't think he's particularly great, but in the right situation, he's going to continually thrive. Let's see, post draft, I had uh, yeah, I had Garrett Wilson as my wide receiver four. So yep. I had Trenland Burks above him, then Drake London uh, and Chris Olave, then Garrett Wilson. But I put uh, Olave and Wilson in the same category, apparently post-draft. Mm-hmm. I thought I was lower than that on London. But uh, draft capital, that's why. Um, so far through one season, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave have done pretty well. Trenland Burks, who were also high on, uh, disappointed, but I think it's a little underrated that he did well when he was on the field. So really, mm-hmm. it's uh, Drake London. Drake London wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. And like to me, that again, that's just uh, that's other context. That's here again, where the like, I think the film and data tell the same story. Drake London's really good, Marcus Mariota is just awful. Like, you know? like it's the same thing. Like, uh, I feel I feel like we've gone the other direction with like Kyle Pitts. Like, uh, I was under the camp that Kyle Pitts is probably too expensive, you know, for like what, what we expect out of him. Like, is he probably going to be worth it? Probably, but you could still get him cheaper a year later. That ended up being true. And now everyone's like, well, I overrated him and I overpaid for him. So now I have to hate him. And I'm like, that's not, that's not objectively how numbers work. You know, he just was in a terrible situation for two years in a row now. And now we hope that he can utilize that upside and, you know, like specifically think about all this target rate, you know, like Marcus Mariota had one of the worst on target rates for, for QBs in the league, you know? Um, so how do we take advantage of this? Uh, again, I, I think we're doing all recent examples. Justin Jefferson's a good one, but you're not going to find any numbers, bro, or me who is neither film nor tape. Cause I'm with, um, 
who didn't like Justin Jefferson. Like I had him tier one. Uh, the only mistake I made that year was liking Jalen Rager, and I just, I just, I just bit into that. Um, but I ended up with a lot of Justin Jefferson. I guess um, um, uh, the better way for me to answer your question is players that I was right on that I I didn't draft that I didn't end up with because you hit a, a key number is Jalen Rager right there. That is one that I touted that I was like, he is not that great and you're going to overdraft him. And it's, I, and I'm not one that says he was unrosterable because the numbers should say he should be rostered, but I don't think he should have been going over Justin Jefferson during the time. And to go for like, uh, it, I think actually that was one of the first draft classes that as like a dynasty guy that I actually scouted was that one right there. And I was hardcore against the grain for uh, on Jalen Rager for a long time. Like I'm pretty anti big 12 wide receiver in general for multitude <laughs> of reasons that I could get into, but like, like it's easier for me to like, it, it's pretty much easier. I think for rookie drafts, if you look at, at, at hit rates, you, it's almost easier to tell the story on the guys that you didn't take as much as the guys that you did take, you know, because like, like how many first rounders have you burned in the past on a guy that looked really good and then ended up being nothing like the kill here. No, the only people that don't miss are people that are not playing the game. Right. You, you got to take shots and you're going to have misses. You just have to try and learn from them. Um, I think people should check out your work on DLF or your Dynasty Hour podcast mm. if they want to know more about your process, which they definitely should. What I try and do on the crossroads is more dig down, like without having to bug you every day on Twitter to make decisions. Like, what can we <laughs> implement that you have found and proven to be useful? So, copying your mm. scanning process is definitely something they should check out. But if you're someone like me who doesn't really do that, um, I'm looking for other aspects that cool. we can steal without, you know, permission or credit. Like, we're just trying to steal <laughs> from you right now, Jagger. Awesome. Um, so, uh, no, I should go this way. How long have you been playing Dynasty, can I ask? Four years. Four years or so. Okay. So I, I, I'm going to uh, insult you unfairly. Um, you're, you're, you're new, and you've come into Dynasty at a time where building through the rookie draft is a really good idea because we've had three straight great classes, especially at wide receiver. Um, great relative to what we normally get, especially in the first three seasons or even their first season. But I also remember a time after 2014 when building through the rookie draft and productive struggle was all the rage. And while they're viable strategies, I have found myself being more willing to wax and wane with a changing NFL season. For example, after three great rookie classes, I'm now expecting less. And while I really like 2023 and kind of all in on Jordan Anderson and JSN, I don't think building through the rookie draft in every year is a great way to go. That's a, that's more of a statement than a question. Like Garrett Wilson seeing an improving situation in year two with Rave or Aaron Rodgers, but Chris Olave and Drake London are both seeing suboptimal seasons. And just based on what we can expect from the off season so far, like Ritter, Ritter ain't it. I'm sorry. It's just not it. So, because I remember the bad times, as it were. Not that you don't. Again, I'm being unfair. I know you know. It's <laughs> not more. Like, you literally played football. But i got to ask a question somehow. Like, I expect more disappointment moving forward. Because, one, I'm a pessimist and a cold-hearted. Uh, because I'm me and not very good at things. I and constantly expect disappointment. I just think we're going to see more disappointment moving forward, despite how much I like from good rookie classes. Even those bad rookie classes, 2015, 16, and 17 was great for running back and wide receiver, actually. It turned out. 
the real deal with them is that it took longer for most of the uh, for most of the hits to actually pay off as well as they did outside of running back. So looking at 2023, I don't think building through the rookie draft is a great way to go in Dynasty right now. And that seems to be your primary way of building. Do you have a way of adjusting for that? Or are you also worried about what's going to happen moving forward? Or are you just relying on your scouting process and you think that talent is going to win out, as it were? I know there's a question in there somewhere. Could you find No, it? I get I get, I get, get what you're saying because uh, uh, I definitely um, – because like uh, now I'm getting even further down the rabbit hole and I'm trying to go almost full-blown Debbie at this point. Um, oh, wow. And you're, def- you're definitely – the. You, you said a word wax and waning and people don't mm-hmm. understand that that happens in rookie classes. Just like, like you said, like, and, and a lot of people, like we look at, um, we look at, fa- we look at football through the fantasy offensive vacuum sometimes. Yeah. And we don't, and we don't see that like, Hey, this is just a really good defensive class, you know? So like, like it's still a good class, but or a wide receiver and running fantasy. back can be a great NFL player and just not fantasy. It's just not it for fantasy. Like I always point exactly. to Ed Jin. I mean, he did nothing mm-hmm. as a first round pick, but he played on like seven different teams. He has a super bowl ring. I mean, mm-hmm. he was a great NFL player relative to what they invested in him, even in the first round. I think uh, that's fair to mm-hmm. say with a unique skill set, speaking to what you said earlier. So, yeah, that's a really good point. I like, I like to remember that I'm a, just a fantasy degenerate and there's an actual game going on <laughs> that sometimes exactly. I can ignore. <laughs> exactly. So, like, um, um, I understand that. So, like, 2024. I'm still in on, but like 2025, I'm less sure on. And then like I plan for things like, uh, let's say how you adjust. Like uh, this year, I knew that it would be hard for me to get my wide receiver later on. It's just not going to be as deep. And I can't expect to get a Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Chris Olave in this class. Like I, I mean, think the that, ja- I mean the Josh Downs hate is palpable right now, but I'm gonna let you go before I, you know, shout at you. Josh Downs. I actually love up. Josh Downs. I <laughs> love Josh go. Downs. See, see, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Josh Downs, but I'm just saying that, like, comparatively to other classes, I don't yeah, have yeah. as good of a chance. So this year, for instance, I was all in on second year wide receivers. Because so many people were down on Drake London, so many people were down on Traylon Burks. I tried to, I, I basically tried to buy them up because I think they're good talents, and there is meat on the bone for them to bounce back. I get everyone talks about the one-year face plant. I just think that's. See, I, this I, is I, my I, problem this year. Sorry, Jag. I know this is a podcast where I'm asking you to say things, but I like <laughs> the sound of my own voice. Obviously, I do dynasty content. This is my problem. Like, I want everyone to be arguing for the disappointing rookies so I can tell them how bad they are because, like, 27 to 28% of breakouts or players that escalate in value do better after the rookie season are those disappointing rookie wide receivers. That's Chris Godwin, for example. Um, Mm -hmm. But... Whenever they mention it, they don't say Sky Moore. They do on Twitter, which is awesome for me because I can I can like fight that. Instead, they say Traylon Burks, and like that's the exception. That's like one of the players I would say is maybe one of those 26, 27, 28% of players who elevate. So could you just have a bad take? That's all I'm asking. Could you just like someone who's bad? So that I me? Can yeah, uh, could you just who, who, like be all in on Sky Moore or tell me Christian Watson is fantastic and gonna what about elevate Jayden with Reed? Jordan Love? What about Jaden Reed? I'm actually a little low on Jaden Reed, but again, we don't have results yet. So it's a lot. What do you like about Jalen Reed, though? Tell the people. Um, tell the five he's of us. <laughs> yeah, to, to tell the five of them. Uh, he's a skilled. He's a skilled craftsman. Like I, I, I like craftsman. Like, and I know that's a that's a very football term, but like Chris Christian Watson. 
Christian Watson is a uh, a freak, an athletic freak, and I'll take a craftsman over a lot athletic freak almost every t- like ten times out of ten. Because like that one, I, I get a lot the of new routes. Like new, yeah. new route runner is craftsman. Is that yeah? Because uh, uh, now there's a lot more room for wide receivers, and they need to get open early now. Because uh, I almost wanted to get even more in the weeds as to why that why NFL players are breaking out earlier on offense because of the way the NFL is adjusted. Um, you mm-hmm. kind of mentioned that earlier and right around that time is when we started adjusting to more air raid offenses. So now wide receivers need to be able to run routes and get open very fast and not just be like Julio Jones. Well, Julio Jones was good. Let me think of someone else like <laughs> Calvin Johnson. <laughs> as Calvin terrible Johnson. as Julio Jones. Right. Yeah. Got you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like Calvin Johnson, like also very good, but his style wouldn't translate as well into the, today's NFL, even to when he was playing, because he doesn't get open in the way like Justin Jefferson does. Like, like now the prototypical wide receiver is like, like AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, they're all like six one, six two, stockier in build, and 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 they, they have quick lateral uh, agility. You know, they don't need to be quick burners now. So I think that's why I use the term craftsman. Like, are you creative at getting open very fast? So. No, I think we've been tracking that for a while. Like the slot rate, uh, especially of wide receiver ones with successful players, mm-hmm. has increased recently. We've seen Justin Jefferson succeed in the Cooper Cup role, who was essentially just a, a development from Jarvis Landry, I guess you could argue. Um, and I definitely think that's part of it. Zachary from the Dynasty Dummies has been talking a while about how de- defenses are just to offenses. And so you see the waxing and waning of how the NFL offenses mm-hmm. are succeeding based on whether the defense has adjusted right, because it's always going to work second. Offenses try something, they find something that works, and the defense finds something to block it, and we go back to something else, like smaller wide receivers to bigger wide receivers, perhaps. So let me, that's really interesting that more craftsmen or more route runners, maybe Sterling Shepard came at the wrong time, I don't know. Mm. Um, my question is, essentially... How early or do you even try to predict the defensive adjustment? Like that's been happening for a minute. He was looking at three straight draft classes, Jalen Waddle types who, you know, is, I've have higher than everyone else just to clarify, but, <laughs> um, and I wasn't as a rookie, like I adjusted to what he did. Cause I think that's one of the ways I try and buy dynasty. I, I want to be quicker than you. You like Jalen Waddle more than me than he does well. And now I like him more than you. Ha. Now I have Jalen Waddle. You know, I have Jalen mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I thought it was funny. Uh, <laughs> do you try and anticipate when the 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 waning happens? This is what offenses have been trying. It's been successful. Yes, um, and that's actually a great question. I love that you're like when I'm trying to get. A, I do try to get ahead. Like right now, I'm trying to get ahead on the grinder running back, and uh, especially now, like. Uh, um, I've kind of delved into this, like uh, since Scott Fishbowl is hot right now. That's all we got to talk about. And um, like the grinder running back has almost as just as much value as like a high PPR guy. If you think about where you're drafting them, because the NFL has like, we went through crazy offenses because of Seattle. You remember the, the Legion of the Legion of boom, we were running cover three offenses that allowed one safety to walk up and that made defenses impossible to run against. So that meant that they were spreading it out and that let the, the slot open up. And there was, it was letting quarterbacks, 
quarterbacks just shred defenses deep because they don't have a, a safety. Now the NFL's had to adjust on defense because of the Patrick Mahomeses and, and the Kyler Murrays and all that. And now they're having two safeties back. So we're doing a lot of more, a lot more deke and dunk offense. And, and, and I don't think we're going to see as much as stacked boxes. So what are the NFL, uh, offensive coordinators are going to do they're going to run the ball more so like the guys that i'm i'm really interested in i love the david montgomery's at value right now I'm, I'm trying to like i've bought a lot of david montgomery like as soon as he went to the lions i knew his role exactly and i know what he i mean jamal do. williams was fun last year that that, that was a yeah. lot of fun Exactly. I was just like, what if Jamal Williams, but a better prospect, <laughs> you know, like, like that's hey, what it hey. was. <laughs> Easy on so the like most the- fun man in the NFL there. Jamal Williams is awesome. But yeah, I get what you mean. Um, David Montgomery, that's a good name. Is there any, does that affect who you like in the rookie draft? Because we've got a lot of undersized guys, but also a lot of grinders, I would say, if I think back to my rookie profile, a lot of pure rushes, uh, less receiving profiles, more running back, running backs. That no, because uh, uh, I okay. try to think, I try to think of the prospect in a vacuum at that point. That's the only time so I try to do that. Condre Miller isn't extra interesting, or Dwayne McBride even further down. I don't. If you want to hear a bad take, apparently I have. I don't understand the love awesome. for Kendra Miller. I don't. I don't, don't get Kendra okay. Miller. No, like like two players that I'm a like I'm a I don't own any, and I should by how many picks that I've had is Devin Ashane and Kendra Miller, and I just don't like I don't like those you guys. Don't like whatsoever. either of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I like a chain uh, landing spot mm-hmm. and his production profile landed in in a pretty good tier, and then I kind of liked his draft capital and landing spot. I think he can PPR it up, to be honest with you. But is he? Mm-hmm. I, I also know he's all sprinter, right? Is he less of a craftsman, as it were? Actually, yeah, Dan, that nails it. Like, I don't, I think he's a, I think he's an okay runner. I don't, a lot of people expect him to be a really, really good receiver, but he doesn't have receiving skills. He just, if he gets he was the just ball. just used a lot there. Exactly, exactly. I could so, like, I just, at his value, I would just, like, you tr- bring up Josh Downs. I've drafted Josh Downs over Devin Ashane. I could think of three instances where like someone's like, you need I, a running back. Why didn't you take a shade? I'm like, because I think Josh Downs is actually good for the for PPR. I found I don't have to, but I don't hate it. If I've got a choice, I, I take I've got Josh Downs abominably high. Like my draft board mm-hmm. looks a little ridiculous. You talk about like guys you like, like like Josh Downs is my second guy that I like. Like like I love Zay Flowers. You know everyone likes JSN. Everyone likes JSN. We like there's no arguing about JSN. But like I love Zay Flowers and I Josh Downs right now, man, that's free real estate, baby. Like like uh, <laughs> like like basically at like at like the one eleven on, I'm ready to pull the trigger because like like a couple like my buddies like uh like Paul over at DFF, you know, he's big on a. It's okay if you like a guy, or and Jake, I've heard Jacob Sanderson say this too. It's okay if you like a guy, but just try to take him closer to his ADP than overdraft him, especially in this year's draft. I think the second round, there's only like four guys that I really want. I don't really give a, I don't really give a shit when I get them. I just want those four guys. If I get them at the 201 or the 211, I don't care, you know? So there's my hot take. Um, I don't like Devin Ashane. So I just come out of the, the, the hate closet. <laughs> 
I just checked. Um, 2023 rookies. Uh, I have him on three teams out of five. <laughs> Josh <Bam's laughs> there. I'm like, yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, kind of in that. Nice. Uh, also a lot of A.T. Perry. Um, you see how asking you how to play Dynasty quickly just evolves into, hey, let's just exchange takes because that's I run out of uh, coherent interview technique pretty quickly. <laughs> but um, Josh Downs is a good one. What rookie names, I guess, since rookies are always hot, um, do you want associated with yourself? There's an interesting way to say it. Like at the end of the season, you want people to remember that you said this was the guy. Josh Downs is clearly one. Zay Flowers, man. I'd like, like, I'd talk about players that are free real estate. Like, like Zay Flowers has been free money. I don't, I don't like, like I, I've gotten him. You want to talk about rookie exposure, uh, exposure in like 13 leagues. I think I have him in 11 leagues because I, I've, I've gotten him everywhere because I've been so bullish on him. So, um, yeah. He's gonna make or break me a hundred percent. I'm gonna I'm gonna look like a, a total idiot if he if he flops. <laughs> Fair enough. I Quinn Johnston, that's a polarizing player for me right now. I have okay. yo-yoed a bit, like but that's a whole rabbit hole we can get in. But I have Zay Flowers over Quentin Johnston. But like I, I I've gotten into do you want to talk about some Twitter hate? I've I've eaten a lot of crow about Quentin Johnston because I've been low on him. I just bought a share of Quentin Johnston here recently because like now he's kind of getting, it's getting a little too far. I'm like, okay, yeah. I did my job too well. Now, now, now he's on a discount. <laughs> you know? Well, so, man, we all follow and just do what you say. So, I mean, you gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta take it easy. <laughs> you gotta yeah. control your, your, your effect on the market. But. Yeah. Like, like, if you want to talk about something like a player I'm associated with, one player that I'm scared about that I like, I'm more than where I'm prepared to be wrong as hell. Like mentally, I've already prepared. It's Quentin Johnston, because like everything is there for fantasy production. Everything is there. I just hate his film so much. But then I see like his camp film. He's and, great, but I, mean, I hate him. <laughs> like, exactly. I just hate him. I don't. I... <laughs> Yeah, he just does. Okay. <laughs> he does. He does so much that I dislike in a player, and I don't think like we talk about like the common skill of craftsman. I don't think that he translates to consistent production. Like I thought he was a worse Mike Williams, and then he ended up on the same team as Mike Williams. If that makes sense, but you know, and then like that's what I'm just. I, it was like, well, he, well, he has Justin Herbert. I'm like, well, Justin Herbert has like three other guys too, you know. Like I just, and, and he needed Eckler, speed. Keenan Allen, Allen and, and Mike Williams sometimes. Oh, you're so still getting like, Mike Williams. Cool. I thought he just been replaced. So I was like, oh, uh, that's that's good. It's two and a half men. Let's call it two and a half. Men. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Mike Williams will be there for six weeks, maybe four. We don't know. <laughs> That'd be great for half of that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Let me drag you away from rookies because while it's popular, I feel like we're out of rookie season a little bit. I want to go back to this 100%. idea of grinders for you. Like who especially because on a dynasty podcast, almost no one wants to talk running back. So like eh, I don't I don't need them yet, so I don't care. And I like that idea that uh, grinding running backs that there might be as undervalued skill set. Um so speak about that a little bit, or outside of David Montgomery, who's standing out to you? 
Um, and again, j- just for anyone who just like, let's say the two two of you that that just popped in, like you know, we're we're, we're talking about how the NFL's adjusted. I I think yeah. we're going to see an uptick in in like uh, your grinder carries. So like, if you want to see a classic Jagger dynasty team right now, the running backs I'm going after is David Montgomery. I love Damian Harris. I think Damian Harris That's that is one. that is cheap as hell, man. For what for what he's going to be asked to do which is, you know, get 10 to 12 touches and do the best you can with them. Devin Singletary was like a a flex option consistently. And I think that Damian Harris is considerably better than that. Um, to guys who like James Cook, I'm sorry. I think he's not I'm not. I'm, I'm all for <laughs> anything that throws cold water on the already frozen lake of James Cook's dynasty okay. value. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty much wheels up on Damian Harris. Like, I, I've tried to aggressively buy him. I know I was in, like, a, a startup with, like, like some other analysts, like Fantasy Nerd Boy, and he saw me, like, trade up. And I was like super hyped to make a pick. And then he sees me like, like pick David Montgomery. And he's just like, I didn't expect that. And I'm like, woo, like excited. If I was like going up to the podium hyped, like I love some grinders. <laughs> <laughs> like um, Brian Robinson Jr. is one, the one grinder that I think is like fool's gold. And the same thing with James Conner. What I don't like is old grinders. Like I, uh-huh. I like, about David Montgomery is like the oldest grinder I want because I just what 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 kind of grinding are you gonna get from 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 some of the older cats like James Conner? I think it's gonna be ugly. So fair enough. Um, let me ask you. We often talk. I find in the my content diet, as it were, <laughs> that we talk way too much about things we want to do with dynasty teams when relatively few things can get done, just because of how active your league is, but also because of how the value restrictions. You know, you can't add too many players before that's all you have, and you don't want to spend your team on grinder running backs. I'm assuming. So, like, what do these moves look like if you're trying to add David Montgomery and not Brian Robinson, but um, uh? Damian Harris, how, how do you go about that? Like, is it only on certain teams, only if you have an extra second round pick, or is it only third round picks, or how does that work? Um, generally, like, if I have a spare second, um, like, th- that's what gets me a running back most of the time. Uh, and David Montgomery right now is uh, like that, that, that kind of secrets out. People like kind of realize, like, oh, I kind of like low key like David Montgomery. And he's one of those players that like people get like breakup goggles with like this guy's had David Montgomery on the trade block all year. You send him an offer and he's just like, I don't know. I'm like, okay. Like, like now you're seeing the value once someone else sees it and and you want him on your team, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of those trades, I don't try to force. uh, I I never try to force a running back trade. Let's put it that way. Like you were talking about being a dynasty player. So I am almost never going to spend a first ever. I will never, ever, ever, I can't say that I will in certain circumstances, but I, I will try not to spend a first. It has to be, I'm all in. I think this is the one thing that's going to put me over the edge and then I will spend a first. But uh, other than that, I hoard wide receivers a lot. So like those, I'm like, Hey man, you want a high upside wide receiver? Throw me that garbage grinder that you don't like. He's better in my hands because my team is kind of optimized. Like, you know, and, and, and again, you brought up a good point. Not all my teams can do that. If I don't have high upside wide receivers, at least two, if I don't have 
a top five quarterback, then I probably am not going to be selling any wide receiver because I'm going to hope either one of those hits or I'm going to be using that wide receiver to package with another pick to go get the guy that I think is going to be good. Like, let's say like uh, I've been trying to go after Brandon Ayuk because that's someone I think who has wide receiver one upside, but you're getting him at wide receiver two value. So like I, a lot of the my Traylon Burks that I've gotten for nothing, my Christian Watsons that I'm having, I'm trying to tear up and go get like a Brandon Ayuk if I can. And, and and then try to fill out the roster the way I want. Now I can go get my grinder. So it's kind of like I always approach the same strategy or like I try to force my will on my roster, but it's just how many moves can I do that in, if that makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think tight end is also underrated right now in terms of right now we're seeing a lot of good. I think we're in an era of establishing who the good quarterbacks and wide receivers are that's essentially part of my breakout take as well whereas whereas tight end and running back both quote-unquote due breakouts we've seen a lack of them historically based on how often we see them and also we just know looking at the position like tight end um is getting old running back is too where the best players for this season or for the next few seasons if you want points are the still the 2017 running backs and saquon barkley so um have you I'm just asking about tight ends. Um, have you made no, any go ahead. tight ends or particularly uh, high-value sophomore tight ends, for example? That's the, normally the ones that break out sophomore. I've been really bullish on Trey McBride. Um, like yeah. you, you kind of you kind of alluded to this, but uh, like like you you basically I'm, I'm reiterating what you said that like right now we are in the renaissance of QBs and wide receivers. Like the guard has mm-hmm. changed. You know we're in this glorious period. Well, right now we're in the changing of the guard for running backs and tight ends. You know, people are wanting to scrap, you know, people want to scrap tight ends for, from like, like their, their roster spots or whatever. But like you, when you know when, what to target and what to look for, like I said, Trey McBride is someone that I've aggressively targeted a lot. Um, I somehow still have hope for Colin Granson. I, I read one training camp report and I'm like, hell yeah, baby, we back, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> that's enough i didn't need much of a a, much of a flag to be waved i'm in yeah well he costs nothing he costs nothing i don't like um yeah he could sit at the bottom of my roster and and rot i don't care and then same thing like um jelani woods is hot so like uh basically if i need a tight end i'll double dip on those guys and i'm like let's hope that one of you hit you probably won't you know, but let's just hope because you got to, you know, you got to keep throwing darts. You know, you can't just like give up and adjust your strategy if there if there's uh, points to be had out there. And then I'm kind of going to like a little bit like other guys that I think are undervalued. I think Pat Fryermuth is someone who is like consistently undervalued where he puts up, I think, good top five numbers or at least the tight end one numbers not those ugly i just caught that one touchdown this week and i cracked in the top 10 like he consistently gets like four or five catches and then like maybe a touchdown and i think like for if you're ready to win and you need a tight end i think that evan ingram and pat firemuth are are the guys that you could target even david njoku is pretty cheap right now. The more I'm running down the list, tight end, we've undervalued it so much that like we've kind of yo-yoed. Like tight end premium, you basically had to like offer up your firstborn child like Abraham to get like Mark Andrews. And like now Mark Andrews can be had with like one first. 
you know. So of course he got away with it with Abraham. He didn't actually have to. And with the tight ends, you actually had to go through with it. No, and I'm with <laughs> yeah. I think people underrate his arc. Like yeah, I think there's patterns to how players develop. And I think Pat Faramuth has strongly been moving through this really strong value arc. And despite Zach telling me like Chase Claypool was a better tight end in college, I don't I don't care. I just know he's producing like you would expect a great tight end in development to produce. First year, he was more touchdowns. Second year, he was all targets, no touchdowns. Like, it's fine. He's doing well. Get off my back. I like him a lot. Um, I just throw a lot out there just because I wanted to say good <laughs> things about Pat Faramuth because, you know, people should, people should like him better. He's the only he's the only now third-year tight end who hasn't disappointed you, which is my shade towards Kyle Pitts. But there you go. Uh, yeah, I was, I was about to say, uh, I'm basically now, like, if I'm doing a startup, if – I don't get Kyle Pitts. Are they athletic enough or at least skilled enough? Like, do they absorb targets? That That's it, man. That's all it takes. Like Evan Ingram right now, I, I aggressively bought him when he went to the Jaguars. He's athletic. He's probably going to be a top two target. So that's a good bet. I don't, I don't need to think about anything else. And that's like, that's, that's it, man. That's it about tight ends. There's a, everything else doesn't really matter. <laughs> Stop making it. Con- it's not different wide receiver. That's the way I used to say it. Because everyone wants to go on a value arc and how they how they're going to earn. Tar- it's like no, no. It's not wide receiver. It's basically quarterback. Uh, as far as fantasy positions go, it's quarterback. It's either Patrick Mahomes or maybe you get, a, you know, a Derek Carr, who's fine. Like those are the guys we know how to hunt. And just stop, stop making it. Well, maybe they're Kevin. They're not wide receivers. <laughs> just because they catch the ball and don't run it. Everything else, I don't think I'm optimizing my roster as much if I'm not getting like the stud wide receivers. So why not just get Pat Fryermuth later? Like I don't, I don't care about anything else. I can get or, or even like not even Pat Fryermuth. I think like David Njoku is like a perfectly fine yeah, tight end. But fine, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like I said, he's fine. Like he's fine. You know. <laughs> really do think this is a year we should expect odd more than regular, especially at wide receiver, and or even quarterback. Expect more returns at wide receiver, if anything else. But I, I kind of like the fourth-year Brandon Ayuk argument at this point, even though I think Debo's better. Debo is a health problem. So how how all-in are you on Brandon Ayuk? Wheels up. Like, if you, I have incredibly high roster ship of Brandon Ayuk because um, it's it's like – it's like I just said earlier, like right now he's a wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside. So for me to like, to like say I have AJ Brown and then Drake London as my wide receiver two, that's a roster that I want Brandon Ayuk on that team because I like that team a lot better. If I'm asking Drake London to be my wide receiver three and not my wide receiver two. And then I have like how I like to build rosters. I want a stud that I know is going to be a wide receiver one like the set it forget it player. And then I have another guy that can probably get wide receiver one numbers every week consistently. If the stars align, like a Brandon Ayuk or Devonte Smith, you know? So the, 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 the I, I'm all in on the breakout. And it's weird that I think, again, we put ourselves in such absolutes sometimes with data, you know, like this is a breakout or this is not, or this is whatever. I was like, Brandon Ayuk has like always been good. Just the 49ers quarterback has always been mediocre, or I should say it's always been Jimmy G, you know, like (laughs) that's the problem. (laughs) Like, like that's the issue is that you, you got a guy that would rather throw to George Kittle or a running back behind the line of scrimmage 10 times out of 10. 
to restrict all these great moves and to get to the core, I, I think one of the most interesting questions to ask in Dynasty right now is basically some version of, if you only have one roster, what's the one move you're trying to make? Now, most people are pretty good at Dynasty. We'll also tell you that's, con like, what's my team look like? What's the league like? But if there is one, say, in a competitive team or a non-competitive team, what's the one thing you want to try and do? Not that you can be able to execute it in every league, but what's the move you're going to try to make? Uh, basically, um, one move that no matter if I'm competitive or not, um, I have very few rosters where I have two like elite quarterbacks. Like that should be your Moby mm -hmm. Dick. Like if you could get Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes, you should always try. Or if you could get Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert, you should try. You know, like like don't settle for having Daniel Jones as your as your QB two. You are fine. Like you, you have a perfectly good roster. You can win, but never stop trying. Like, like, okay, the, the, this guy had a bad week. Is he gonna blow up his roster? Let me float a trade up there, up there. Because if you want to think about, like, like you said, trading for points, quarterback is the safest position to trade points for, especially if you got a guy with like a safe rushing floor, you know. And then my second thing, let's say that it's let's say that you don't have or you do have like good quarterbacks then my next thing is trying to get the t one of the top five wide receivers i'm trying to get a jefferson a chase or something and that is your second safest points i think you know that, that's what i'm always trying to do and then i'm going to keep going because you gave me like the, the freedom of time i always say tack on draft picks to your trade just even if it's a third just go get one just go get one later and then like at this off season before your rookie drafts, you can start to package those up and consolidate those into like a second rounders. Cause someone's like, well, why are you trading for thirds? Cause I can turn a couple of thirds into a second. And then I have that, that puts me in a better position of drafting um, roster changing talent in the second round. And then once you get a lot of seconds, you can turn a couple of seconds into first. So that's basically like the Jag one on one in the trades is that you are trying to get a draft pick whenever you can because draft picks get deals done. It's not, you, let's say you don't even want to like turn them into more draft picks. That is, that's going to be the ammo that closes the deal on a trade for you is a draft. Pick. No, it adds up again. You only have so much on any roster, but without trading the players that you've worked hard to put on your team, a draft pick can make things happen. Um, and they're more interesting to more teams most of the time. So it makes sense. Um, <clears throat> Two last things to get you out on because I, I forgot to ask him. Mm. Um, what position did you play? Uh, I played receiver for a long time and then running back. That that like my natural position is running back, but uh, mm -hmm. I grew really weird as a kid. I was like, I was like really small, and then one year I put on like I, I'm quite serious. I put on thirty pounds in like a summer. And then, like, I had to, like, learn how to coordinate. So I had to play running back. I had to, I had to teach myself how to juggle to, like, coordinate because I was, like, Bambi and stuff. So, like, that, that is the position I played. Um, and the <laughs> next one is where can people find your stuff? What are you working on right now that they can check out? Or, you know, stuff like that. What, what's your Twitter at? Where can people find you to learn more about that? People could find me. People could find me at all my stuff is on Twitter. I'm very active. It's unhealthy. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Same feels, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to quit, but I'm never going to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you can find me at Fantasy Blue Chip. Um, 
I post all my stuff there. I write for DLF. Sometimes uh, I'm I'm getting my podcast uh, started and rolling. So that that's taking time. And that is Dynasty Hour. Um, all those links, again, on our Twitter bio. I, have, I'm, I am very good at Twitter, even though I have an unhealthy relationship with it. So Even though I do say some myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what no, I'm working uh, on right now. Confirm good at Twitter. Um, sorry, Karen. <laughs> No, so what I'm working on right now, uh, I'll just drop a hit, guys. Like uh, uh, I'm building what's called the Dynasty Cup. We we are we're, we're starting with four divisions, hundred dollar buy-in, fifty goes to your division winner, and then the highest scoring division winner will win the full pot, and like like the other fifty dollars goes to like a major pot. We're trying. Our goal is to get twelve leagues filled before season start. So we're we're making a, a pretty. Um, uh, ambitious, ambitious push for that. So you guys look for that. We basically want to make a format where you are the best dynasty player. Like Scott Fishbowl is kind of that for redraft, you know? Yeah, you're doing charity, but that is like the ultimate like bragging rights. I just want to do that for dynasty. So <laughs> fair enough. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today and teaching us how to play Dynasty a little bit. Um, thanks very much. Check them out. Fantasy Blue Chip on Twitter. Dynasty Hour on podcast. I'm assuming all the podcast players yep. of, of all different shapes and sizes. Awesome. And really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the place, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight. Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.